God's people said. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, we've got a really special treat this morning. Um, we've got kids going to a, uh, a uh, what they call a, it's not Harvest Fest, it's Kids Fest. It's Kids Fest uh, down in San Antonio in the first weekend in April. And uh, we've got some ladies, I believe, that are going to come up here and they're going to share a song with us that they're taking down to San Antonio. So ladies, coming up, your center stage. How many mics do they need? All three? Okay. Oh, are we just going to leave them on the stand? Okay. Well, that's great. 
Thank you, girls. Good job. We got some other people going down. I think we got some art going on and all kinds of other things that are going on on that first weekend in April. So pray for them. Pray for their safety as they go down there. Pray they have a great time. And uh, we're doing everything we can to raise up the leaders of tomorrow. You see them, you will see them next Sunday on Resurrection Sunday, helping uh, usher you in and helping greet you at the door and all kinds of other things. Um, we've been working on something behind the scenes, and Rick, how are, how are we doing? Do you think it's not working? It's not even in Dropbox. <laughs> We're having tremendous uh, challenges this morning technologically. Um, Brad has worked about 18 hours on a video that we were supposed to make a presentation this morning. And it's not there, Brad. We've done everything. Say what? That's right. It's on our Facebook page. Um, how many How many of you got Facebook? Go to your Facebook page and watch this video. Um, Brad, bring me your phone. Uh, Jorge, are you friend? Do you, are you do you have Facebook? You got Facebook, right? Are you friends with the church? Bring up Facebook, huh? Uh, can we bring it up on Facebook and play it? I know. It's a. We can bring it up on Facebook. We got to do this. We got to because it's awesome. It's awesome. So bring it up. There it is. Yeah. Okay, turn it on. Can you see it? I'm going to at least play it for you, okay? For some time now, Pastor Brad Selby has been reaching into the Baylor University campus, as well as TSTC and MCC, in an attempt to develop a strong college, career, and young adult ministry. During the last several months, we've begun to feel the need to develop a Sunday night worship experience to address specific needs of this group. Together, we have worked to develop a vision statement indicating the direction we plan to take seeing this worship experience become a reality. Passionately seeking God, bringing change to others through Christ-like acts of love and service is a vision guiding us into this unique opportunity. As we move toward this exciting new challenge in the ministry of CFC, we recognize success of a new venture is due without a foundation of praying people. Our first step in this new adventure people who surround the strategic planning of this new Sunday night worship experience is the leadership chosen to help move this venture forward. As of today, we have approximately 15 people who have committed to help plan, organize, and facilitate this new worship service. We also have at least four people committed to the music ministry. We continue to pray for and seek technical personnel and those who will help facilitate and other support roles which we will lay out in the weeks to come. While our plan is specific to this age group of people, excluding anyone who would choose to worship and fellowship with us. have in your hand a prayer support card. We're asking you right now to help us continue to pray over the direction and success of this new Sunday night adventure, which we've tentatively named Sunday Nights at CFC. Would you give prayer time with us? And if you feel you would be interested in helping in any other way, just make a note on that card, tear off the top, and place that portion in the offering plate 
or bring it by the office. We're truly excited about this new venture and trust you will join us on the journey of Sunday nights at CFC. It really is an awesome video. You need to go to Facebook to watch it. Um, Brad did an awesome job, but we want to tell you about this prayer card. Um, you can be a warrior with us. Uh, our tentative start date is what? April 24th. Okay, that's our tentative start date. We're working on getting everybody lined up and all the things lined up that need to happen. But we, you know, we need your prayer. We need your prayer support. Otherwise, it's going to be a failure. And so we're asking today that you would take this prayer card and that you would sign up, tear off the top portion, um, and turn that into the offering plate. Keep the bottom portion. Put that up on your refrigerator. Stick it in your Bible. Remember to pray for Sunday nights at CFC. Uh, we're moving forward uh, with this venture, and God helping us, um, we're going to see some success with that as we reach out to uh, younger couples and college and career people. Now, we realize that as months of May and June and July, a number of Baylor students and TSTC and MCC students will be gone for the summer. But, you know, uh, we're going to continue through the summer so that when we come back this fall, we already have something in place that's up and running so that as we invite the Baylor students and other students and young adults into our congregation, we can say to them, hey, we've been meeting on Sunday nights, and here's what's going on, and it will be up and running already. So, Brad, thank you for all the time you did on the video. Um, you can go to Facebook. There it is, right there on Facebook. Uh, you can see it. Uh, so go to Facebook and uh, view it and like it and share it and do whatever else. Last night I noticed that 96 people have been uh, already been reached by this video. That's awesome. We'd like to get that number up around four, five, six, seven hundred. And what's so cool about sharing it is, remember that if you share it with all of your friends, maybe you have your four or five hundred friends or six hundred friends, uh, I've got four or five hundred friends. So between the two of us, as we share it back and forth, uh, excluding the people that we've got in common, that's nearly a thousand people that have access to that video. So go to Facebook, like it, share it, and, uh, and pray with us about this new adventure. Would you do that? Um, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Pastor C if he would come and, and have a word of prayer for us this morning, specifically remembering uh, this new adventure called Sunday Nights at CFC. Oh, he's going to play it? Okay, we're going to play it anyway. All right. Flash unavailable. I knew that was going to happen. Uh, it, it doesn't have flash drive. That's all right. Pastor C, come on up. Um, and we're going to pray over this service, and then we're going to move forward into uh, offering. So, gentlemen, be prepared to come forward as soon as he says amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence today. Lord, this is Holy Week, and we look forward to not only this Sunday and every Sunday that we worship your resurrection, but this week as we look to the price that you paid for our salvation. We thank you, Lord, for the great gift that you provided for us. We thank you, Lord, and we praise your name because of all the goodness that you've done for us. We are of all people most blessed. We come before you today with our hearts open and we want to hear your voice. We want to see you. 
work in our midst, in our church, in our homes, in our families, in our city, in our nation. And so, Lord, we, as a congregation, we turn to you this morning. And we say, Lord, give guidance and direction individually, families, church, our nation. Lord, we just want to worship you and praise you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that we are a church that's a part of a worldwide church and we have people around the world today serving you. And so, Lord, we would just lift them up and say, wherever there's a need, we ask that you would meet it. Wherever there's a hurt, we ask that you would heal it. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We come right now and we give to you our praise, but Lord, we return to you a portion of that which you've given to us as a part of our worship of you, Lord. And we pray that you'd bless the offering. May it be used for the furtherance of your kingdom. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Just before, go ahead, gentlemen, come down and just pause at the front if you would. I don't know if you've been following along in these little devotionals, but these have been wonderful. And it says this, as we enter into Holy Week, pause, rest, breathe. Jesus' journey has reached a pivotal point. His journey to the cross now enters its final week, the most sacred hours. We've arrived at Holy Week. Pause as you enter this week. Rest for a time in God's presence as you read God's word. Breathe deeply and reflect on the breath of life that fills your lungs. Consider that on the cross, Jesus will take the last breath of his earthly life. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Let's sing together.
Easter Sunday. So last week in my egg, I had a whole bunch of what? They were eggs, remember? I had those eggs that that man raised that he wouldn't give away, but he sold them all the time. Well, I've got two somethings in my Actually, I'll get them both up. These are rocks. See those rocks? What are they shaped like? Hearts. Hearts? Have you ever found a rock outside shaped like a heart? Yeah. Let me tell you something really special about my rocks. Pastor C back there, he got these for me for Valentine's Day. Don't you think that's kind of a funny thing to give your wife a couple rocks? Well, maybe he wants me to throw them at him. That'd be nice? No. No, but these are my rocks. And they're shaped like hearts. And these two are very special. They came from the country of Haiti. Haiti is a long ways from here. But it's a country that's very, very poor. And the Church of the Nazarene has lots of churches and lots of work that we do there. But these rocks are very, very interesting. They're called river rocks. And as the water flows over the rocks in the water, it smooths them all out. But they still aren't shaped like hearts. So some of the people there take those rocks and they hold them up in between their feet and they shape the top of it to look like a heart. They do that with their hands. They're called artisans. An artisan is someone who makes something very beautiful, a statue or some kind of things. Well, these rocks came from Haiti. See, they're really rocks. They're not eggs that I can crack open. They're rocks. And you know what? On Palm Sunday, when Jesus was coming into the village. People were waving their palm branches and they were shouting praises to him. And the Pharisees, some men, did not like it. And they told Jesus, make your disciples be quiet. Tell them to be quiet. You know what Jesus said to them? He said, no, because shout out, then the rocks will shout out. Have you ever heard a rock shout? Oh, no. 
don't shout our praises to him, he'll just make his rocks shout out. Because they're his rocks, aren't they? Yes. Yes, so he can make them shout if he wants to. I want you to shout Hosanna. And none of us are going to be upset with you when you shout. Your teachers are not going to be upset. You just tell them, that lady told me to shout. Pastor Judy wants you to shout Hosanna. Hosanna. Because Jesus was coming. And next Sunday, he's going to raise up from the grave and live. And we're really going to shout praises And we're going to... Hosanna, go. Shout Hosanna all the way to class. Hosanna. Hosanna. Looks like the Because you're hitting God and that looks like the the white...
seed, Pastor Judy, Pastor Brad. By the way, it's official. We can begin to call him Pastor. Brad has been licensed by the District Assembly as of April. Praise God. Brad, go ahead, and if you would, gentlemen, come forward, receive the elements. This is my body, which is broken for you. 
I don't think we'll ever understand the physical agony that Jesus went through for our salvation. But he said, the body is broken for you. Yet not one bone of his body was broken because he was the Passover lamb. And that was one of the requirements that the Passover lamb, that no bones could be broken. But the rest of his body, from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, was tortured. He did it for us. So as you take and eat, remember Christ died for you. Heavenly Father, we worship you today for giving your body for our salvation. And we thank you and praise you that we can do this in remembrance of you. Amen. And after the bread, we take the cup. You know, over the years, the blood was shed over and over and over again from the sacrifices. But there was no sacrifice that could really fill this bitter cup until one spotless lamb in the form of man gave his life on Calvary. It's that blood that was shed for us that brings us eternal, eternal life. We stand on that truth this morning and so drink ye all of it. Father, thank you for the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ once for all, never again must that blood be spilt. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Drink. is good. All the time. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, isn't it? I'd rather be here than the best hospital in the world. 
Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Get out your iPad, your iPhone, your Droid, your uh, Windows uh, phone, whatever you got. Or a good old-fashioned paper. Some of you still carry the paper thing around. That's great. Matthew, or Mark chapter 11, verse 1, is a neared Bethage. Bethany on the outskirts of Jerusalem and came to the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples to go on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them, and just as you enter, you will see a colt tied up that has never been ridden. Untie them and bring them here. And if anyone asks you what you're doing, just say, our master needs him and we'll return him soon. So off they went, the two men, they found a colt standing in the street, tied outside a house as they were untying it. Some who were standing there demanded, what in the world are you doing? I'm tying that colt. So they said what Jesus had told them to, and then the men agreed. So the colt was brought to Jesus. The disciples threw their cloaks across its back for him to ride on. And many in the crowd spread out their coats along the road before him, while others threw down leafy branches from the fields. He was in the center of the procession and crowds ahead and behind, and all of them shouting, Hail to the King! Praise God for him who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God for the return of our father David's kingdom. Hail to the king of the universe. And so he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. He looked around carefully at everything and then left, for now it was late in the afternoon, and went out to Bethany with his 12 disciples. Surely the text couldn't be referring to a donkey. I don't know if you've been around donkeys, but donkeys are donkeys. You know, there's just something about donkeys. Um, you know, maybe a white stallion or, or maybe a camel or I'd even take an old gray mare. But a donkey? Have you ever ridden a donkey? <laughs> That's how they go. That's as fast as they go. And you just go down. The, and by the time you get done riding them for about a half a mile or so, you are just messed up. I mean, it's awful. But the only thing they're good for is carrying stuff. You know, they carry stuff. They're really agile about that. But Jesus of Nazareth on a donkey? God had chosen to fulfill his plan riding a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. What is the meaning of that? Well, for one thing, I think it makes a messianic claim unmistakable. For the prophet Zechariah says in Zechariah 9, 9, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Listen to this. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. Who's he talking about? Children of Israel. See, your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So you see, Zechariah had it right. God had it right through the prophet Zechariah, and here we were. This was the, this was the day. And that's, that's another reason I, I find it so hard for, for the children of Israel to understand who this guy was. I mean, they knew the scriptures. They knew what Zechariah had to say. And here this guy was coming down riding on a donkey. Hello, scriptures being fulfilled. <laughs> well, I don't think the message to us today stops there. I'd like to propose the following. If God can use a stinky little donkey in the triumphal fulfillment of his plan, then just maybe he's got a plan for you and me. Yeah? So let's consider that question. That's Palm Sunday. How does a donkey become fit for the service of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? And how can we be made useful for him too? Well, we need to consider three things. First of all, the donkey is selected, okay? The donkey was selected. 
It was a prearranged thing. As they approached Jerusalem, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there. Buy her colt with her. Untie them. Bring them to me. If anyone needs to, uh, says anything, just tell them the Lord needs them. Clearly, Jesus had made arrangements to use his donkey ahead of time. That's the only thing I can think of. Unless the Spirit of God was so awesome that he filled those people there and they knew who Jesus was. But I kind of think he was strolling through the street one day and he said, by the way, I see that donkey. I'll be using that later, okay? And he goes down the street. That's all he said. I don't know. I'm proposing. I'm thinking. I'm imagining, okay? I don't want to take away the miraculous. But at the same time, I'm just thinking maybe he had a conversation with the guys earlier in the week. So anyway, when the guys came up to him and he said, uh, we need the donkey and, and, and what are you doing with that donkey? Who are you? Well, Jesus needs him. Oh, oh yeah, he talked to me earlier in the week about that. Okay, fine, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know that it happened that way. But God, here's the thing. We have been chosen to be a blessing in the world in which we live. Now, here's, here's, here's something I, I, I want to make sure we understand. Jesus said, you are to be in the world, but not of the world. Now, as much as I would like to, and, and maybe we could, I hate saying this, but maybe we could talk to the guys in the hallways, and they could be just a little more quiet, because I'm hearing them clear up here, okay? Sorry. Uh, as much as I would like to in the current state of affairs, it would be fun to go to Belize or to someplace in Alaska or someplace like that and just say, I'm out of here. I'm done with all of this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. By the way, I, I heard some people say the other day, well, if that's the only choice we have in November, I'm not voting. Let me just tell you something. If you don't vote in November, you are voting. Just saying, okay? And that's as political as I'm going to get, <laughs> okay? So, but you have been called to be salt and light. How can you be salt and light if you move to Belize and sit on the beach and just, just take yourself out of the picture and be a hermit? You know what, folks? We got to go. What did Jesus do? He met with Zacchaeus. Are you kidding me? He's a sinner, he was a sinner of sinners. He was a thief. He was a tax collector. And Jesus went to him. And here's the story this morning. You have been selected to go into the world and rub shoulders with those who are heathen, who, who don't know Jesus, who maybe, who maybe drink a lot, who maybe do drugs, who maybe don't have a sex life the way that you have yours and understand yours to be, and maybe don't even have a sexual preference the way that you do. Guess what? They need Jesus. And you're all they've got. So separate yourself and go live in the woods if you want to. But you have been selected not to live in the woods, but to live among the people who desperately need Jesus. <laughs> that was pretty strong, wasn't it? The donkey was selected by prophecy. Verses 4 and 5, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. Say, the daughter of Zion, see you, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and a colt. 550 years previous to this event, Zechariah had said, this is what's going to happen. Listen to what Jesus says in John 15, 16 about you and me. 
You didn't choose me. I chose you. You see, there's a whole theology out there about predestination and all this kind of stuff, and, and, and I could stand here and preach about it, and we could do pros and cons, but, but here's what I know about, here, here's, here's what I conclude about predestination. It's really simple. God's plan, predestined plan, was that there shouldn't be sin in the world, but that got messed up, and he said, okay, well, I, had a, I, had a, I got a plan here anyway that will kind of cover that up. It's called Jesus and I got a plan back here that, that goes way beyond Adam and Eve falling and Jesus on the cross. And it says this, that it's not just my children, it's Gentiles. Basically what God said is, I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a saving grace and of, of Jesus Christ and should, and should be a part of my family. You see, his predestination was that all of us would be saved. Here's the hitch. Some of us say, no. Nope. Don't need God. Don't need Jesus. Don't need his salvation. And it stops there. But see, he selected you. Ephesians 2, 10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, when God prepared in advance for us to do. Listen, folks, I got to tell you something. When you think on that verse, think of this. We are, you are God's creation. I am God's creation. Say that with me. I am God's creation. When you get that perspective, how then should you be living? You may not be a king. You might not even be a Sunday school teacher. But God knows you by name. And he has a plan for you to serve him. He has prepared in advance good works for you to do. The next thing we want to talk about is the donkey was sanctified. Are you kidding me? As a donkey. Yeah, he was sanctified. Why was he sanctified? Because he was set aside for service. That's what that means. He was sanctified by preservation. By preservation. Mark 11, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and just you, enter, you find a colt. Such animals in the Jewish tradition often had special religious significance because they had never been used for any worldly purpose. This was a donkey. This was a colt. Never been used before. It would have been set aside. It was sanctified for a special purpose. You and I must be separated from the world to be useful to the Lord. We must be sanctified. We must make an actful, a willful act of our mind and of our heart that says, I will live for God and God alone. I will do what God wants me to do. I will go where God wants me to go. I will speak to who God wants me to speak to. I will, I will do acts of kindness. I will do acts of service. And, and when the preacher stands up and asks for people to do this, I will listen to the Holy Spirit and I will set myself apart the donkey was sanctified he was set apart there's further implications of sanctification when it comes to our spiritual journey with Jesus with God it, it, it means that we that we literally take all of us and give it to all of him Second Timothy 2.21 if a man cleanses himself from the wickedness he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work, any good work. It's also necessary for us to preserve our time and energy to use for the Lord's service. You know, 
This is me. I remember, now this is an old guy speaking too. I, I used to think about the preachers that were standing out there and get up, now I remember when, all of a sudden I'm doing it. I remember when in church, when something was going on, everybody came. But have you ever looked at schedules today? Particularly schedules of parents who have children? Club volleyball, club baseball, club football, club this. I got baseball, I got band, I got this, I got this, I got this. And you know what? I remember when I was a kid growing up, schools used to honor Wednesday nights. They don't honor Wednesday nights anymore because it's not sacred to them. And you know what? For heavenly days, schools don't even honor Sundays anymore. Maybe if enough Christians stood up and said, that's our night, sorry. Well, I know what the coach would do. He wouldn't let my kid play. I'm back. <laughs> you see, what we do, did I preach that already? Yeah, I did, okay. I'm glad. You see, our life is made up of these pieces of papers. And we go, okay, uh, this one's over here for Jimmy, and this one's for Johnny, and this one's for her, and this one's for my husband, <laughs> and this one's for God. We do it with our time, we do it with our talents, and we do it with our treasure. The donkey was sanctified through preparation. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. The donkey was prepared for the Lord's use, and we need to be prepared too. It means that we get up on a Sunday morning, getting ready for church. We don't get in fights and arguments with our family. We turn on praise music, and nothing takes the place of lifting praise to God so that by the time we get to the sanctuary where people are ready to come and bring the Spirit of God with them in their hearts, the place is electrified because everybody's ready to praise God. 1 Peter 3.15, but in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer. 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. And finally, sanctified by Spending time getting to know the Lord in prayer and study of his word. I was reading an article the other day and it said that while the Bible is one of the, still one of the top five bestsellers in the world, 87% of Christians do not know what is contained in the pages of the Bible. There was literally an interview of Christians in England, 1,200 of them. Nearly 40% of them thought that Harry Potter was a spinoff of one of the Bible stories. Wow. The donkey was satisfied. 
He was satisfied to present himself. Donkeys are not known for submissive temperaments. Don't know if you know that or not. It's worth noting that this donkey presents himself to the master to be used. And you know what? We don't hear anything about this donkey giving Jesus a hard time. Amazing. But like him, we must present ourselves to the Lord, Romans 12, 1. So here's what I want you to do from the message. God helping you. I love this from the message. This is so great. Take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Isn't that great? I love that. Because that's what it is. He has chosen us, but he will not work against us. That's what I like about God. You know what? I've chosen you to do something. You are my servant, and so here I am, and here you are, and this is what I want you to do. And God stands patiently by. I've told you this story a hundred times, but I'll tell it to you 101 about the guy that said, Lord, I, don't, I know you want me to be a missionary, but I'm not going to Africa. I'm not going to Africa. And he fought with the Lord, fought with the Lord, fought with the Lord, fought with the Lord. Finally, he kneeled down on altar prayer and said, I'm tired of fighting. I'll go to Africa. He says, God, God says, I just, I'm so glad I got your heart. Now, would you go to China for me? <laughs> the donkey was also satisfied to play a humble part. I think sometimes we think that if we don't get some glory for what we do, then what's the point? We don't get our name in lights. We don't get our name in banners. I want to remind you of something, folks. It's not about you. It's about him. We have a similar role in God's plan not to be exalted, but to exalt Christ to make him seen by the world. The Apostle Paul wrote this in Galatians chapter 6. I write these closing words in my own handwriting. See how large I have made the letters. Those teachers of yours who are trying to convince you to become circumcised are doing it for one reason, so they can be popular and avoid the persecution they would get if they admitted that the cross of Christ alone can save. And even those laws... Uh, even those teachers who submit to circumcision don't try to keep the other Jewish laws, but they want you to be circumcised in order that they can boast that you are their disciples. You know what? I don't have any boast. The only boast I have about this church is it's filled with a bunch of good people. I don't boast about anything else. The only boast I have is about what Jesus has done in my life, about what Jesus is doing in your life. That's the only boast I have because you know what? I wrote, I wrote probably, how old was I when I wrote this? I don't remember. I was in my 20s. My mission statement, my, my, my purpose in life, it's not about me. It's about him and about his kingdom. That's what it's about. And I don't care if I go to my deathbed, never having received any glory for anything that ever went on. I don't care if there's somebody that comes to Jesus. That's all that counts. As for me, God forbid that I should boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in all the attractive things of the world was killed long ago. And the world's interest in me is also long dead. And it doesn't make any difference now whether we have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we really have been changed into new and different people. Jesus wanted us in his Sermon on the Mount not to be like the religious people who did their good deeds to be seen by men. The good works the Lord has prepared in advance for us are the works that bring glory to his name and not ours. 
You know, donkeys really aren't all that great. They're stubborn. They stink. They're small. They're not really good for a whole lot of things. But Jesus used a donkey in the most triumphant public moment there was on earth. He could have chosen a white stallion outfitted for battle. He's portrayed in the book of Revelation. He could have chosen a camel decked out in velvets, but he chose a donkey. Now, before you make this conclusion, oh, so I'm just a donkey to God, you know. Well, think about it. Are you stubborn? Does your righteousness stink in the face of his righteousness? Are you small in the eyes of God compared to all of creation? Hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Here's the facts. You may not see yourself as a white stallion ready for battle or a camel dress with five fine velvets and gold bangles. You might see yourself as an old gray mare or a bowed back paint about to be put out to pasture to die. Perhaps you've really, really never thought of yourself as a part of God's great plan, but the Bible says that's exactly who you are. You have been selected by him to fulfill a part of his plan. You've been prepared in advance to be able to do his plan and to fulfill the role that you need to be sanctified, prepared for his service by separation from the world's evil and commitment to him, and you must be satisfied to take a role as a servant, fulfilling God's plan for God's glory. And on this Palm Sunday... You have been selected to display. Listen, you have personally been selected to display the glory of God. Wow. That's overwhelming. How exciting it is to think about others giving glory to Jesus as they see you submit to his plan in you and doing all that God has ordained for you to do. Amen. Amen. Praise team, come on up. I'm done. Are you kidding me? That's got to be a record of some kind. We're going to sing this last song. And then I'm going to hold you just a few minutes longer. I got an announcement that I want to share with you. But while they're coming up, I want to remind you that sunrise service next Sunday is what time? And breakfast is at? And the men are preparing an awesome breakfast. I got the list today to go shopping and buy their food, and it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I'm, I mean, you're not going to go hungry. And then service starts at 10 o'clock, 45 minutes early. Service starts at 10 o'clock. So I don't want you to be late, okay? Yes. Yes, you have tickets being sold to help money raise money for the mission trip. Okay, so see a teenager, see Carrie, see somebody. They've got tickets. See Pastor Brad. Don't you like that? Pastor Brad. That's so cool. I love that. So uh, you can get those tickets uh, from any one of those people. And, and what it is is it's a pulled pork sandwich dinner, complete with everything your heart ever desired, except a hot fudge sundae. You get a brownie. You know what? I, I, Clark introduced this song last week. 
And, and I had heard it before, but I don't think it captured me like it did last week. There's this one line in there that says, Your love ran red, and my sin washed white. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Let's sing it together. Let's stand together. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. Where all the love I've ever found comes up.
Chris to come up and be with me for just a couple minutes. She doesn't want to be up front. We've been on a journey together for 12 years. Some of you have been here through that whole journey. And um, uh, there's been some good things. There's been some tough things. There's been some challenges. There's been some awesome moments when we just uh, have rejoiced in Jesus together. I've been involved in your lives at a very personal level. Some of you have been in the hospital, have been there. Some of you have um, walked through deaths in your family. And um, I want to invite you to go on one more journey with me. Um, you know that I've been gone for a couple of weeks, and during that couple of weeks, um, I had a couple of doctor's appointments. I had several tests, and uh, this last week, I did not get a good report. Um, I have a couple different kinds of cancers that have invaded my body, and uh, one of them is a pretty simple fix. Uh, it's a removing of a tumor and uh, possibly some radiation follow-up. Um, the other one we're not sure about. Um, I've done a little research and found that uh, if it's what they believe it is, that um, prognosis isn't all that great. So, there's a time in every pastor's life when uh, he has to practice what he preaches. And I've preached to you how many times that no matter how deep the storm, how matter, no matter how hard it rains, no matter um, how many clouds come into your life, that you put your faith in God. And uh, Chris and I have had some long talks in the last few days, and I want to tell you that our faith is in God. I have another test on Tuesday that's supposed to tell me um, the rest of what's going on. And... Um, not sure that I've ever lived in the amount of stress that I'm living in right now. So I'm asking that you would pray with us that Tuesday's tests come back clear and that the tumor that is removed, um, they wanted to do it Thursday before Easter and I said, I'm not giving up my pulpit on Easter, sorry. <laughs> so right after Easter, I will have surgery to remove the tumor, which is about the size of a baseball. Um, and uh, they're going to remove some margins. They'll check those while I'm on the table. 
If they need to go back in and take more margins, they will. They also got to take a little tip off my hip bone because that's where the tumor is. So um, we're on a journey. And God is still good. And he still loves us. And he still watches out for us. And um, we're going to trust him. Um, my kids have already been told. And um, the rest of my family. So that's kind of where we're at. And I just wanted you to know as a church family because it'll probably start showing up on Facebook and how horrible would that be that you find out secondhand. Uh, I feel good. I don't know if I look good, but I feel good. Um, I am having some pain. Um, but there are some wonderful things out there that help you sleep at night. And uh, every once in a while I have to take those. But... Um, Pray for me on that as well. And um, I think that's all I'm supposed to say because I'm getting squeezed. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, there is nothing that surprises you. Your name, Father Jesus, is far above any name like cancer and anything else that invades our body. Your name, Father Jesus, we come as a church family this morning we bring our shepherd and his wife to you Lord Jesus we know Father that there are no hands that we could place him in that are more capable than yours and that you know everything that lies ahead of us as a church family right now Father your grace overwhelms us your love surrounds us. And Father, from the very top of his head to the very soles of his feet, we anoint him right now in the powerful, strong name of Jesus. We declare him healed. Even this early report on Tuesday coming, we, we nullify that. In the name of Jesus, we ask, Father, for your healing hand right now to pour out healing throughout his entire body. And for Chris, as she stands by and the children, give them strength. Glorify yourself, Father, through this, because we were made to praise you and to glorify you. And right now on this Palm Sunday, we give the enemy notice that he must take his hands off of our pastor. Yes. And he cannot mess with...
with our church family in our church. In the powerful, strong name of Jesus, we speak healing in your name. Amen. Wednesday night, Chalmer and I um, went to a service where we heard a man speak who was uh, in the Pentagon when the plane hit on 9-11, and he was burned over 60% of his body, and he was ready to meet the Lord, and he cried out in the darkness of that horrible stench of smell and diesel fuel for God to take him home, and he stood before us the other day and gave his testimony, and Ah, we were in total shock and awe to hear how God had led him through the fire. And he was burned. His body was burned, but his spirit lived. And he lives. And he has a, he's a senator. I'm sure you know his name. He was Brian Birdwell. Amazing man. Amazing story. And so, yes, sometimes we pass through the fire and I, I was told a lot of years ago that I would pass through the fire and I would not be burned. And I didn't know if that was a physical fire or exactly what, but I did pass through a spiritual fire and I was not burned. And so we come today with the same thing. And we know that God will be glorified. God will be glorified. We sing the chorus again at the cross, at the cross, you got it up. At the cross, at the cross.
The storm, you remain in control. 